Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Upstate Unconventional. I'm your host, Nico. If you've had a paranormal or spiritual experience and you'd like to be on the show, or you want to talk conspiracies or anything unconventional, whether that be health, art, whatever, or you got a wild story you want to talk about, you have a specific talent, whatever it is, send me an email at upstateunconventional at gmail.com or find me on Instagram at upstate underscore unconventional. With that being said, today, got a little bit of a different episode. We're not talking about paranormal. I have my very dear friend, Pepper Rose, back on for the third time. And, you know, I'm not going to red pill her today. She's actually going to red pill me a little bit, you know, on Ayurveda. This is something I'm really interested in, and she's an expert. You know, she's been living this, you know, practicing, living it for the last like seven years. And uh, she knows her stuff. So, you know, this is a 101, you know, it's breakdown of what it is. So definitely bring a notepad and a pencil or pen and uh, enjoy the show. She's got a lot of knowledge here and a lot of good tips that you can, you know, do right now without diving too deep. These are just little things you can start doing today that'll, you know improve your life and make things you know a lot nicer especially now that's starting to get a little cold winter's coming around the corner you know it's it's good to you know get your body you know healthy and ready for you know the the shedding season as as they call it but you know enjoy the episode guys this is a great fun time and uh, follow pepper on instagram at peppers a peach peppers underscore a underscore peach all right enjoy the show folks we have pepper rose back on and she's here to talk about ayurveda yes all right so pepper what is ayurveda you know i've had someone else on before to talk about it and we got into it a little bit but i want to go deep you know what i mean i want to go deep with it you know yeah uh, Ayurveda, I mean, I learned all about Ayurveda from my yoga training. And it was something that just as soon as I started learning about it, it just resonated with me. Like, wow, this is, I want to know more. I want to know more. And I just wanted to keep learning. And Ayurveda is the reason why I continued my yoga studies and became a yoga therapist. And then my next step was to become an Ayurvedic um, health practitioner. But unfortunately, I didn't get to that point. Um, maybe one day. Who knows? But I have a lot of knowledge on it. Um, from years of studying and doing it. So I think that that says a lot when you know you can actually talk to someone that's actually I've done it and I've tried these things out and they've worked and I'm so passionate about it because they work like this science works and it's so fun for me to talk about it and share that knowledge. Awesome. So what is it exactly? Ayurveda is, I'm going to break it down to you like this. Okay. Are your Ayurveda is is two basically two two meanings in that, okay? 
The first is life and vital force. That's the argue part, okay? And then the Veda means science, knowledge, and wisdom. This is Sanskrit. Ayurveda is Sanskrit for those meanings. Um, so life and vital force? Yes. And that's Arya. Yep. And then Veda is science, it's knowledge, science, and, knowledge okay. and wisdom. Yeah. So it's the science, knowledge, and because I'm assuming the, the, you would read it the other way around. So it's like the right. science, knowledge, and wisdom of your life vital force. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. I mean, the first Ayurvedic texts are over 5,000 years old, you know, <clears throat> and they're still being practiced today. I mean, that's a long, long time. And what's so interesting about it is it's a whole holistic system so no part is left out in this practice what do you mean by that meaning you treat every molecule of your body mind spirit and ayurveda there's no part of you right. on a whole that's so, left out of this gotcha. you see? so while the, it does get into the physical science you know like there's also a spiritual aspect behind it too. Definitely. Okay. So let's, let's, so do you want to just drop some facts first, some stuff, or do you want to just jump right into like how to practice what, like, so you already said you got into it through your yoga study. Now, yeah. like what else would be like, if someone's never heard of this before, how would you start like explaining this to them? Well, I think the best is if I just sort of break it down for you a little bit. Um, so uh, the first thing I'll have to say is Ayurveda requires the person to be an active participant in this modality. It's not something where you're going to get a pill and you can just lay around and be lazy and you're going to expect something to happen from this pill. It doesn't work like that with this. So I can't just like walk around and have a bunch of crystals on and be like, I practice Ayurveda and then it, it, it will work. Right. <laughs> right. Obviously. Anyway. Okay. So yeah, I mean, it's like a car, you know, if your car sits, it's not gonna, your car's meant to run yeah. just like our bodies are meant to run. So yes. go on. I yeah. won't interrupt you anymore. No, it's okay. So the other thing that's very important to understand with Ayurveda is that the healing comes from within not from without. So it's just, you have to understand you're treating the, yourself really from the inside out, not the outside in, okay? Mm -hmm. um, so as far as that goes, the first thing that you wanna ask yourself is, or I would maybe ask a person if they were my client or whatever, I would, Say, what do you think is maintaining your health right now? And what do you think is destroying your health right now? Ask yourself this on a personal level. What habits do you have that you think really you know? Now we all know, we might not want to admit it, but there are habits that we all have or had that we know are not good for us. And I think the best thing to do with something like this is to kind of write it down. You know, it's always so helpful to write things down. So it's like, what do I do that's good for myself? You might have a list and it'll be like, well, I know I wake up early and I meditate or I wake up early and I take a run or a walk or I do volunteer work. Like that's good for me and my health and your soul. But that's part of it. Right. You know, but what's destroying my health too? You have to look at that. Are you a smoker? 
Do you drink a lot? Are you addicted to sugar? Are you eating at the wrong times of the day or late night or in the middle of the night? There's a lot to it. So little things like that are really big things and they can really um, destroy your health. And that's the thing too. Like I know for me, like I eat relatively healthy. I still am working on it. I'm gluten-free. I drink distilled water. I do all this stuff, but like I still have bad habits. You know, I was a heavy smoker for a long time. I did a lot of chewing tobacco back in the day. I dipped and I still, I use these like nicotine pouches now, you know, and I know that that's not good for me, <laughs> you know, but like right. I can't give it up yet. Like I, I, I've given up a lot of stuff. I got to like do it in layers. <laughs> and, <laughs> you know, I just don't want to like have no vices at all because I don't drink anymore. I don't smoke anymore. <laughs> I see what you're saying. So it's like, I don't want to just like dump it all at once and then relapse. You know what I mean? You can't, I don't think cold turkey is good for anybody, but see, but this is step one. You're already realizing. Oh, I, I know it's bad for me. Okay. But some know? people might not realize that. Right. So knowing that that's bad for you and understanding it. Also, you could try to wean it out eventually when you're ready. Right. And I, I have quit. <laughs> I guess I didn't quit, but like I, I've been able to go over a week, you know, without it. Yeah. And then life comes up and stressful stuff happens and I go back to it. But anyway, I don't, enough about me. Oh. Okay. They hear enough of my voice. They're sick of hearing my, they want to hear your voice. Oh, so okay. I'm going to stop yeah. talking. <laughs> okay. I was just gonna make a comment. Oh, make a comment. I, I was gonna make a comment on that uh, that stuff that you uh, put in your mouth, that poison. Yeah, go ahead, make a comment. I've seen you without it, <laughs> and it's and it ain't pleasant. So you gotta work on that. I'm working on it, you know. And again, I'm I'm off the dip, which is filled with fiberglass and all these other things. This is just nicotine, and I know it's bad for me. But again, like I said, I can't just give up everything all at once because I will actually go crazy. Yeah. You know, these rocks are helping me. <laughs> these, ro- <laughs> these, these rocks. These crystals. Are, these rocks I carry around in my pocket. Nico are really- has quite the extensive crystal and rock collection, let me tell you. It's I, impressive. I, I go hard. You know what I mean? Like when I get into I something. I know Nico for We've been friends for a long time. Mm-hmm. And... When Nico gets an idea in his head, there is no stopping him, and it becomes, like, life. <laughs> I just bought a rock tumbler, folks, because I have all these raw specimens of, you know, minerals and crystals, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to start tumbling my own rocks and making my own gemstones, because why not, you know? He bribed me with a bag of crystals to come on here. <laughs> that's, all, that's the only reason no. why. Anyway. All right, so back to Ayurveda. Okay, I know. Why do we do this all the time? <laughs> I, I wanted to come on here like, all right, now... And just give the facts. I, I really, like, am excited about giving this knowledge to everyone, and now you've, you ruin it somehow. You always end up... Okay. So, first step, step one is be honest with yourself. Be like, on- that really is what it is. Right. Like, look at, take a real objective look at your life and be like, okay, this is what I do good, and this is what I don't do good. <laughs> yeah. I do good... <laughs> I don't do good. Caveman. Just. <laughs> good, bad. Good, bad. Yeah, just do like the old school. Like you just draw a big 
T, yes. lowercase T, write good and bad on one side and write all the good things you do and then all the bad things you do on the That's other. That's it. Yeah. All right. So is that it? Or should we just That's wrap it so up? Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I'm going to continue. Okay. All right. The okay. next thing, there is a Sanskrit term called Yatha Pindante Tatha Brahmande. And what that translates to is in so many words is as within so without you might have you might be familiar with that another, as above so below another way i like to look at it is as is the individual so is the universe as is the universe so is the individual so that kind of gives you okay wait a minute my eyes are starting to open up a little bit to this idea of what ayurveda might be about right mm-hmm and then another way to look at it is, as is the human body, so is the cosmic body. As is the cosmic body, so is the human body. So that's another step. That's like step two to kind of put out there to somebody that you're working with or, you know, for yourself to kind of realize like, okay, we are treating this body as a whole, as a part of this universe that we live in. You know, we are actually built up of all of the elements that the universe is made up of. So that's a very important thing to understand. You want to go a little deeper into that? Or? I am. Let's, okay. Well, we're going to table that for a moment. Okay, we're going to table that. We're going to table that. All right. The next thing, <clears throat> like increases like, right? So something in motion tends to always stay in motion. And that's important in Ayurveda because... Our bodies are constantly in motion. They're supposed to be in motion. We're not supposed to be stagnant individuals, really. Okay, so what what you said about the car before, mm-hmm. right? What did you say? Like they're built to run. Like when you don't run your car, you let it sit, it's going to start, stuff's going to start breaking down. Yeah. Stuff's going to And that was wrong. a perfect example because that's exactly what happens to us. Mm-hmm. We don't maintain ourselves. We're going to start to break down. We're going to start to not work. Right. Like if I take, you know, a couple days off, which never happens, but and I just am lazy, you know, it's so hard to get motivated to do something again. That's why I have to constantly keep going. And <laughs> But. <clears throat> yeah, exactly. And the next thing is all kind of ties in are the elements. So we take all the elements into consideration as well, so earth, air, wa- water, fire, and ether. Okay, the universe is made up of all of these things, and we are made up of all of these things. And the science of Ayurveda believes that. So these elements is what we work with. That's what we believe our body is made uh, is made up of. And um, you'll see, there's there, it gets more in depth in a moment, but. It's very, um, you'll, you'll understand more in a minute. And then the next is food is medicine and medicine is food. Mm-hmm. Okay, so a lot of things in Ayurveda can simply be treated with food. The right foods to eat. You know, it doesn't have to be all so complicated. Right. So like, is there a specific diet? one should follow or is there there is but that again we're going to touch on a very like this is like ayurveda 101 tonight okay okay? 
Because we can go deep with this. Oh, I like going deep. I know. <laughs> I bet you do. <laughs> Was that supposed to mean? Just Any- saying. Anyway. <clears throat> so, food is food is medicine. Medicine. Food is, is medicine. Food. Medicine is food. It's very important to understand. Makes sense. Yeah. You know, going back to the car, like whatever you put in your body. Well, right. All right. So. Exactly. And then, the last thing to kind of understand is body and mind and mind and body it goes hand in hand so what affects the body affects the mind and vice versa okay and we're not treated that way here in our healthcare system i don't believe (laughs) i've never come across that Mm -hmm. i don't go in and you know really when i have a physical with my doctor no one asks me like well how are you feeling mentally and emotionally you know, it's right. just, what are you feeling physically? Okay, I have a pill for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And most times those pills fuck you up mentally and emotionally. Yeah. So, you know. No, it's, it's crazy because, like, again, no one ever says, like, you know, diet. No one ever says, like, well, what are you eating? You know, and... Again, it's so crazy, and I'm sorry for my audience that hates hearing me talk about this because, you know, but now that I'm gluten-free and I'm not bragging about this, I'm not being one of those people, but it's like my mind is so much clearer because I'm not filling it with just, like, empty dead carbs that are just (coughs) sitting. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like I do because I'm gluten-free as well, and it's the same. I understand what you're talking about. It's You just have a different mindset. Mm Mm-hmm. And yeah, so like, again, what you put in your body. So like back in the day when I would like work like a night shift, I used to work nighttime security and whatnot. And like, I would just eat junk food, drink energy drinks, smoke cigarettes, throw a lip of dip in. You know, it was just, it was a nightmare and I would feel like actual garbage. And yeah. I feel pretty good now. I know I can improve. Yeah. So <laughs> then, <laughs> um, then there's... Um, something that's called the three pillars of health as well. So number one is diet. And I'm just going to embellish on that a little bit more. Trevor here, I think we've talked about this even before. Alive food, not dead food. So mm-hmm. you have to think of it that in those terms. Like that's Alive food is considered really whole foods. When you hear someone talking about whole foods, that's like alive foods. And it doesn't always have to be, it doesn't mean... Um, it actually means probably the opposite of what other people think. Some I've come across people that think that means things that were alive, you know? So it's not just talking about meat. That's actually considered dead food. Right. But that's okay. We can still eat meat and things like that. This is not about being vegan, vegetarian, nothing like that at all. Um, you- meat is very um, welcomed in Ayurveda. Right, but when you say a live food, you're talking like st- stuff like straight out of the ground. Right, you know this what I mean? is what I'm talking. That's what I was going to get to. So I'm talking about plants and vegetables and fruits and nuts and seeds and oats and you know things like that. Um, a live food, dead food. I think of things that are manufactured, the right. middle aisle foods. Mm-hmm. You know. And and even, like, to extent, like, our, our vegetables you buy at, like, the grocery store and stuff, like, those things have been processed. 
if they're not organic, they've been sprayed with chemicals, then they're, they're shipped somewhere, they're sitting on a shelf, you know, it's been so far removed, and then you take it home, you wash it, and you know, it's just like, it's been so far removed from the ground, it's passed through so many hands that it's losing its yeah. nutritional value, it you know is. what I mean? As opposed to like, if you had, you like kale you buy from the supermarket has less nutritional value than if you had a garden and you plucked the kale that morning and ate a salad. Of course. But I'd much rather see you eat the kale that's been in the supermarket than, you know. Right. Right. I know what you're saying. Other options. Right. I'm saying when you go hard like a frozen pizza, you know. Okay. Just because I ate a frozen pizza the other day, you're going to like... It was gluten-free, frozen pizza. It was a cauliflower crust, all right? Listen, man, I'm not mocking. I like that stuff. I'm just saying, well, that was a good choice, though. Yeah, it was. I was proud of it. You're being really defensive right now. Okay, number two. I'm going to stop you right there. Okay. Lifestyle, okay? So you want to look at that. And number three, you want to look at your stress management. Now, when you say lifestyle, like, what do you mean by that? These are things... So the three pillars of health are just things that you want to overall just kind of think about, you know, like, what's my diet like? What's my lifestyle like? Am I managing my stress well? You know, um, lifestyle, meaning are you a workaholic? Mm-hmm. Are, do you sit at a desk all day on a computer? Um, what do you do on the weekends? Do you drink a lot? Again, do you smoke? Um, do you watch porn all day? Do you have a family? Do you have friends? Do you you know what's your lifestyle like? Right. All that can affect you. Mm-hmm. And of course, then stress management as well. That's very very important. <clears throat> and ugh, forget it. That's something everybody everybody needs to work on. Yeah, I know. I need to work on it. I, I, you're calling me out. I know. <laughs> everybody, I do too. You know, I'm not perfect by any means, but um. Stress management is is key too, but I think starting with diet, and that's sort of where my focus is tonight a little bit, um, kind of getting your like mm, palate wet for more <laughs> Ayurvedic knowledge, you know? So in Ayurveda as well, there are things called the constitutions, um, and they are called the doshas. And a dosha is that which basically has the tendency to get imbalanced, okay? So the doshas affect the substances of our bodies. Now, that's good. that sounds a little complicated, but the science of Ayurveda believes that we are made up of these three doshas, okay? And I'm going to get into those in a minute. But they are here. They're all in us. And when they're in balance, we are working great. And our health is good. And we feel good. When we have an imbalance of this of this dosha, then we will have chronic illnesses, symptoms that are uncomfortable. Um, you know, and... I'm going to go over some of those things tonight, but there are ways to alleviate these things and get them back in balance. And what's so fun about this is that you can actually take 
There's many Ayurvedic quizzes where you can find out your dosha. And I want you to take it after this, after we're done here. And then we can come back and analyze you from top to bottom. Wouldn't that be fun? <laughs> sure. Inside out? Yeah, you can analyze me whenever you want. Anyway. <laughs> Sorry about those sirens. Um, <clears throat> so what are the doshas? Because I think I'm a pitta. Oh, you remembered. Yeah. Sweet. Am I correct? Let me read them. Okay. For you, and then you decide from here, okay? Let me describe what doshas are, okay? okay. Or what the, the three doshas yeah, are. Yeah, just explain the three I'm doshas. Gonna, I'm going to explain the three, okay. But I, I want to get back for a minute, all right? So the overall goal is to reduce something that's called AMA in our system. It's A-M-A, okay? And basically, that just means gunk. In Sanskrit, ama. It just means gunk. So we want to reduce the gunk in our bodies and our minds. So it's not just in our bodies and what we're consuming, but it's in our minds and what we're consuming too. Um, and again, tonight is pretty much just going to be about what we're consuming in our bodies, and then we can go over the mind thing next time. But And then to do this, we need to up our Agni, a-G-N-I, which is our fire. We need to like stoke our fire that burns inside of us and that gets our doshas back in balance. All right. So again, this is probably not making much sense right now to you, but we reduce ama, which is the gunk. And how we do it is that we build that fire and that burns off the gunk. You see? Mm-hmm. Okay. Does that I make got, sense? Yeah, I got you. Okay. So there are three doshas, and they're vata, mm -hmm. pitta, and kapha. Mm -hmm. All right. So basically, the doshas are energies, and they're believed to circulate in our bodies, okay? And they have everything to do with our physical, mental, and emotional characteristics. So each person has a dominant dosha. Or you can have a combination of doshas. Mm -hmm. And they can change at different times. Okay. But I found through my life taking these quizzes and just knowing myself now, I have a prominent dosha and sometimes another one will sneak up, depending. Okay. And I'll be imbalanced there. Um, so in Ayurvedic medicine, it's believed that our health is achieved through balancing the three doshas and that's when our optimal health is achieved so here they are again vata and vata is the most powerful of the doshas it controls our basic bodily functions as well as the mind and vata is associated with air and ether okay mm -hmm. so light that's what you think of like light airy ether air you know things like that vata all right, the next is Pitta. And Pitta controls our metabolism, digestion, hormones, and it's also linked to our appetite. And that is associated with the elements fire and water. And then Kappa controls our strength and stability, muscle growth, weight, and immune system. And Kappa is 
associated with the elements of earth and water. Okay. So there's the basic structure of your three doshas right there. Mm-hmm. So you see how they're affiliated with certain elements. Yeah, and it kind of goes back to like mind, body, spirit, you know? Yeah, definitely. So getting a little bit deeper into the doshas, we'll start with vata again. So vata basically equals gas, okay? Mm -hmm. Ether, air, and gas. So basic qualities of vata in someone, mobile, light, rough, dry, erratic, intuitive. Uh, It's catabolism, which means breaking down, okay? So people with a vata imbalance are easily excited, easily inspired, easily, uh, they, they fidget all the time. Okay. They tend to forget things quick. I think I'm more vata than pitta. They tend to, uh, they lean toward being anxious people. Okay. Right? They're fearful, easily bored, very flexible, meaning physically flexible. Mm -hmm. And they don't hold hold grudges. Okay. So like I have like half of those. Yes, Yes, you do. I'm very flexible, folks. It's 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 absurd. oddly it's weird. I have never seen a guy more flexible in my life. Like Nico used to take my yoga classes, and I was and he would complain the whole entire time. By the way, <laughs> are you shocked? And uh, but the flexibility in this man is weird. Anyway, um, <clears throat> so vata. I it's got like cool. half of it. It's a compliment. I'm, Thank I'm you. Compliment. Yes. So. So because of those things, right? I mean, we're talking rough and like almost up in the clouds, you know, it's like airy and rough and dry and brittle. Mm. You want to avoid foods that are those things because they're only going to give you more of an imbalance. And what's so crazy is that when we have, say, a vata imbalance, we want to eat more things that are vata. Like potato chips? Yes. So foods to avoid. Popcorn, mm. okay, rice cakes, dry foods, crunchy foods, like you just said, raw apples, pears, um, bitter foods. Um, you want to avoid like eating a lot of salads and avoid sodas too. Mm-hmm. Well, everyone should be avoiding soda. I mean, soda is like literally one of the worst things in the world to consume. Yes. Anyway. But it's way worse. For someone with vata. Mm-hmm. Um, so things that soothe vata though. So that's the thing. That, that's what's so wonderful about Ayurveda. It's like, oh, I have to just avoid those things. No, but avoid them. But now let's balance it out. So little things that, you know, here's just a, a very short list right here. But it's things that you should eat to soothe. So ghee. Now, I know you're into ghee now, mm-hmm. and I don't know if I should explain what ghee is, but basically it's very simple. It's G-H-E-E, and it's clarified butter. Have you talked about it all on your shows? No, but like, yeah, it's just, it's it's clarified butter. It's 
butter without any lactose in it pretty much and it has a very high burn rate it's great for cooking a steak or something in and it's just good you can mix it in your coffee in the morning which i do yeah and it's yeah i love it and it's, it's expensive though it is expensive but you can make your own ghee i don't have a cow you don't need a cow <laughs> anyway ayurveda considers ghee like the home base of nutrition it's like you need ghee and then mm-hmm. you can like it's so n- nourishing and soothing and basically if you only cook with ghee, if you put ghee in your coffee, if you put ghee in your oh, we need to talk about the golden milk. I forgot about that too. Mhm. I think we mentioned it the last time. Yeah. But, mm-hmm. Um so it's it's soothing, okay? So think about that. You've got a dry, rough, erratic, anxious person. Butter them up with some ghee. Butter them up, baby. Butter <laughs> them up. Okay? Warm, clarified butter. Mm. Think about how just good that sounds, right? Yeah, it sounds amazing. It's like a massage from the inside out. Mm. Right? <laughs> <laughs> honey. Yes. As well. <laughs> so ghee, honey, you know, and always eat. Local honey, if you can. Local honey is made by local bees. So that means they're getting local pollens and local right. local allergens and things like that. So yeah. Right. All of our allergens, yeah. And it's good to support local businesses. Of course. Um, warm foods, okay? Again, opposite. Think of the opposite of what you need. Warm foods, root vegetables, nuts too are really good for that um but like stews and soups and you know um things like that like cooked vegetables roasted vegetables and this is for vata this is still vata we're on yep um and then things that are terrible for vata i'm not gonna get too much into things that aren't food but lack of sleep Mm. you know so you really want to find a sleep schedule that works for you. And actually the key time for Vata sleep is 10 p.m. to 4 a.m. Mm-hmm. That is actually the key time for Vata to have sleep. That's like the Jocko Wilnick, Willick uh, method. The the Navy SEAL guy that's always on Joe Rogan. Anyway, okay. he, he always talks about that. Like wake up at 4 a.m. And then he... Well, it is the ideal time to wake, yeah. wake up, really, like, before the sun. Mm-hmm. And that is the that is a huge thing in this practice, too, is that... Earn you, the sunrise. What? That's what he said. He's like, earn the sunrise. <laughs> okay, another thing that's <clears throat> really good for um, balancing vata is eating three meals a day. And that really pacifies vata. Sometimes with Vata people, they tend not to eat that much or mm. they forget about eating. Yeah, I do that all the time. Yeah, so that's a tendency. So you want to make sure you eat three meals a day because okay. it does, it pacifies it. Um, but I don't think I'm just pure Vata. I think I have some of the other stuff too. But anyway. It's possible. We'll, <clears throat> we'll, we'll get to that. And then, of course, incorporating meditation and a calming yoga practice is really good for vata too. What's a calming yoga practice? Well, you want to do something that's not crazy energetic. 
you know, a lot of people want to like move, 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 you know, you want to do something that's going to be more soothing and restorative, a lot of nourishing breaths and um, stretches and you want to take your time. A lot of vata people also have very crackly bones. So do you ever like get up and you're, and things crack? Yeah, all the time. Okay, so you're fill, <laughs> you're full of vata. Mm-hmm. My hips crack, my toes crack, my knees crack, everything cracks. Yeah. So you have a lot of vata in you for sure. It's also associated with the fall season, vata. Mm-hmm. So that's your season, mm-hmm. if you're a vata person. Um, vata time. Every dosha has a time, too, and a season. And vata time is 2 a.m. to 6 p.m. So that means that technically is your most productive time, 2 a.m. to 6 p.m. Yeah, that makes sense. That is vata time. Even though it's recommended to sleep from 10 a.m., sorry, 10 p.m. to 4 a.m. vata time to be productive is 2 a.m. to 6 p.m. And vata is associated with age and the elderly, too. So, mm-hmm. again, think about it. As we get older, we get drier. Our bones get more fragile, more brittle, things like that. Mm-hmm. So. So that's vata, folks. That's vata for you. Let's get into pitta. Okay. Let me just take a sip of my tea. What kind of tea are you drinking? Lemon tea. With vitamin C. Mm. Pitta equals acid. Okay. So I'm surprised you're vata because you have acid written all over you. What is that supposed to be? Just kidding. Pitta equals acid. Okay. So qualities, general qualities, intense, Mm. sharp, hot, liquid, oily, reactive, Sensitive. Is it because I'm Greek? You call me oily? Dude, this is pitta, man. Okay, like... Okay. I can't help that you're, like, got some pitta going on there. (laughs) So pitta has a lot to do, like I said, with digestion, which is our metabolism. So pitta people, qualities, type A... What is a type A personality? It's like the go-getter, like... Oh, the annoying Control people. freak, yeah. Okay. <clears throat> the micromanagers. Exactly. Micromanagers. Type A, analytical, driven, left brain, quick to anger, judgmental. They're go-getters. They're doers. Strong, but they're cynical. They have a lot of confidence. Like annoyingly confident, Annoying. Right? They're like the people that are like, you know, let's go. Like at those like business meetings, they're like, "Come on, everyone, let's stand up and dance." Yeah. Um. <laughs> I'm just thinking of all the Type A people, cause like, yeah. Anyway. No, I was thinking of college actually. Yeah, like the people that sign up to be like the residential people that like <laughs> yes. those type of people. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm. They usually end up as managers. Somewhere. I was like, that stuff made me just cringe. Anyway. Mm-hmm. So, foods to avoid if you have excessive pitta. Okay. Okay. Hot and spicy. Chilies. Peppers. Ginger. Hot mustards. Alcohol. Red meat. Citrus fruit. Cheese. Things that have inflammation. Okay. 
um, foods to help. So now you could sort of be like, okay, I'm seeing that pitta is hot. It's acidy. It's so I'm not going to add like all this red meat and citrus fruit and like hot spicy stuff. I need to cool it down. So foods that will help berries, coconut, watermelon, avocado, cucumber, um, barley, couscous, quinoa, basmati rice is really good. Unsalted butter, uh, cow's milk, goat cheese, ice cream. I mean, I can go on chicken, venison, coconut oil, olive oil, peppermint, basil, cooling things. So no like Philly cheesesteak with hot sauce on top. If you want to like go like full bore, like yeah, out, you know, read yourself out. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, so just reading this too, you're seeing how mm -hmm. this works. Yes. The opposite. Right. Okay. So physical symptoms in a pizza person. I should have gone over this before, but it's fine. I did go over some of it, but more physical symptoms you'll notice. Red skin. Mm -hmm. You know, people that have like ruddy red skin. Mm -hmm. Burning eyes or bloodshot eyes. Um, acid reflux. Okay. Uh, diarrhea. Mm. Inflammation. Painful menstrual cramps. Things like that. Just like pain, you know? Mm. Um, and then a lot of mental and emotional symptoms associated with it like anger, irritation, frustration. We went over some of these already. Judgmental, competitive, overly critical. Uh, they like to engage in gossip if you're over pitta, if you got mm. a lot of it in there. Um, Sometimes to burn bridges, mm. people. Uh, tendency to overwork as well is a pitta personality. So other ways to pacify pitta, massage with coconut oil, self-massage, which I'm going to get into toward the end a little bit. Okay. Um, calming breath exercises. So calming breathing work. Um, like even going for a swim in cool water taking a cold shower, cooler shower, that can pacify pitta as well. Okay. Okay. Um, pitta is associated with the summer season, which is associated with adulthood. And the pitta time, the best time to get stuff done, is 6 a.m. to 10 p.m. So that's a long stretch right there. That's pretty much all day. Mm -hmm. And it's recommended... That a pitta person eats three meals a day and four hours between each meal. I think you have a lot of vata with a, you, a small pitta imbalance. Okay. Yeah. All right. So what's the next one? And so <clears throat> then the last dosha is uh, kapha. Okay. So this is me. So kapha is the last one. Um, and I... We've always had um, an imbalance of kapha. So kapha, mucus, that's what that's associated with. So dense, heavy, stable, slow, static, sticky, slimy. Um, and people with a kapha imbalance tend to, now this doesn't mean physically heavy, but it can. Heavy, slow, patient, 
They tend to be faithful, steady mind. They stay calmer. They're more loving. Uh, they tend to be greedy, lazy, unwilling to change. They can hold grudges, um, but they have really good endurance. They also are prone to more colds and coughs, seasonal allergies, a little bit more sluggish. <clears throat> and kapha is also associated with just being cold and wet. So babies mm. are full of kapha. That's all they are. They're just slimy, cold, wet, mucusy little bundles of dough. Of goo, yeah. <clears throat> and so kapha is actually associated with youth. Kapha also tend to look younger. Um, you know, bigger, big eyes, rounder faces, fuller lips. Uh, you you recognize a kapha person. Um there's actually a lot of physical traits, which we can go over another time, with all these doshas, and it's really interesting. So if you have excessive kava, which I do, I avoid, and things that you'd want to avoid, ice cream, yogurt, tofu, coconut meat, hard, hard nuts, hard cheeses, so heavy, dense, thick, oily, sticky, and cold foods. Mm. Because that's kind of like what you're made up of. You, know? right. you don't need to add more. You don't need to add more of so that. Should we in not there. be giving babies like milk and things like that? Well, that's different. I mean, breast milk is. I'm like... not talking about breast milk. I'm talking like. <laughs> no, because they don't have an imbalance. That's just who they are. Oh, okay. You know. Yeah. Um, foods to help balance. So now you want to almost eat the foods that the vata can't eat and the pitta can't eat that they want so bad. So. You want to eat dry foods like beans, oats, barley, quinoa, light foods, grilled vegetables, popcorn, crunchy things, dry things. Adding spices like pepper, ginger, turmeric. It all balances out the cold, wet qualities of vata, or sorry, of kapha, and dries it up. Okay. And warms it up, you know? Right. So spices are very important in Ayurveda too. Um so yeah, you want to, again, take on vata qualities. So workout, you know, walking, vigorous yoga. So instead of doing restorative or calming yoga, you want to really pick up the pace with that. Um, stimulating breath work, um, things that get, again, your fire stoked, uh, hiking, dancing. And then when you do your self-massage, you want to use a sesame seed oil as opposed to coconut oil. So you don't want to use a cool, you don't want to use a cooling uh, oil, you want to use a warming oil, um, being kapha. And it's associated with spring, so damp, cool, and heavy. It's associated with your stomach and your lungs. And again, youth as well. And kapha time is 6 a.m. to 10 a.m. and then 6 p.m. to 10 p.m. So kapha has a very short amount, very short time when they're productive, and mm -hmm. that's but that's kapha time. So like eight hour, eight hours a day, but <clears throat> it's but beginning shorter and increments. Yeah, and I'm telling you, six a.m. to ten p.m. is my time. Mm -hmm. And you do look very young. I mean, no one knows that you're 107 years old. I know, right? You know, I thought you were a vampire, but 
Okay. Um, I think it was with kapha, two two meals a day is recommended. Okay. With six hours in between. So, you want to try to eat a little less. Interesting. Yeah, because your metabolism isn't as high as the others. So, yeah, any questions Oh, about the doshas before I move on to... So, about these doshas, like, because I, I think I have like a little bit, I don't think I have too much kapha. I have a little bit. I mean, I do get like sinus problems every fall, but... Like, how do you find this out? Like, what? Where do you go? Like, is there a test? There, there are tests. There's quizzes. Okay. Honestly, all you have to do is Google or look up whatever server you would like to use. Um, Duck, duck, go. Okay, great. Uh, and you type in Ayurveda quiz, dosha quiz. Okay. D O S H A, dosha. And they will pop right up. Okay, and that'll give you, like, so it's normal to have multiple different, like, you're not just going to be one, like, you'll be one dominant, but then you'll have, like, the other imbalance and everything? Yes, pretty much. Or you could have two that are equally imbalanced. Hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. So, so like, step one. Because I want to make this, like, so people can really start doing this without... Because, you know, not everyone has access to an Ayurvedic healthcare or health practitioner. No, you know what I mean? of course not. And so, like, the step one is be honest with yourself and make an assessment and say, what am I doing good? What am I doing bad? Yes. Step two, would you, you would say, is to figure out what your doshas are. Yes, absolutely. Okay. Because once you figure out what your doshas are, then you know where to go from there. But I can recommend overall Ayurvedic health tips. That okay. will work for everybody, no matter your dosha. Okay. So, so I think that's really important. Okay. So here's just some tips that I have that I, you know, that that I think are very helpful to know. So like anyone can do these. Like you could start doing this tonight. Right yes. Now. As soon as you listen to this podcast, you're gonna you're gonna pause. Like after you hear what she says, you're gonna pause it and start doing these tips right now. You might have to get some supplies. Okay. So right as soon as you finished listening to this and you left me a five-star review and you share this podcast with all your friends, family, and everyone else, you're going to start practicing these tips. Yes, if you want to feel better overall, okay? But you have to leave the review and listen to the whole thing. That's and part of the Ayurvedic. That's part of the Ayurvedic practice is yes, to listen to this entire thing. You have to listen to Upstate Unconventional. It's written from 5,000 years ago in the text. Listen to Upstate Unconventional, leave a five-star review, and write something very pleasant. Forward it to your friends and family, and follow Pepper Rose on Instagram. Yeah. It's written in the Ayurvedic. I mean, I'm just telling you. Right. I mean, you're going to argue with, like, history? Because that's not a lie. No. (laughs) No. Have you looked into the Tartarians yet? No, I haven't looked into the Tartarians yet. Okay, well, go to the Capitol building of New York and tell me that that doesn't... Tell me that that just fits in with everything else. Nico and I have a very special uh, comedy video coming soon. We'll see how that goes. We are going to do it. Okay. Sorry, guys. You know where the Capitol building is. You know what it looks like. 
It looks like it's straight out of like, it just doesn't make sense. Tell me how they built that in the 1800s. Do you want me to go over the Ayurveda now? All right, so overall health and wellness that anyone can do for Ayurveda. All right, here we go. Horse and buggies. Okay. Anyway, all right, sorry. I didn't realize the Tartarian Empire was such a touchy subject. I didn't realize you were, you were trapping me. This is a trap, okay? Damn you, Nico. Damn you. Okay. So overall... Ayurvedic practices that you can begin tonight after you follow Pepper Rose on Instagram and listen to Upstate Unconventional, leave a five-star review and all that good stuff. Okay, go. Don't drink a lot while you're eating food. Don't do it. Little sips are fine, but room temperature water. Isn't that boring? But that helps. Okay? This is all about digestion. Mm -hmm. And most of Ayurveda is digestion. Okay? So... Or, better yet, you don't drink at all while you're eating, and then you wait 30 minutes after you eat, and then you have a glass of water. Flush it all down. Flush it all down. Okay. No, but drinking cold water with ice is one of the worst things you can do while you're eating food for digestion. What about in general? Is it bad in general? In general, it's bad too. Okay. Yeah. It really is. Um, Again... Here's another thing, and I know people are on the go all the time, but sit down to eat and only eat. Don't multitask and eat while you're mm. sitting down. You know? Yeah. No, I'm guilty of that. Leave your phone somewhere else. Don't bring your laptop or iPad over or whatever it is. Don't do it. Sit down and eat. It makes a world of difference. You're just mindlessly eating then, mm. and it just does so much... <clears throat> doesn't benefit you mentally or spiritually either. Well, right. And like, it's, this might sound like corny to some people or lame, but like, I'm not saying pray before you eat, but be like, like have this intention when you eat. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I've noticed this is a huge thing for me is like not multitasking and then thinking about like, just kind of showing some gratitude. I'm not saying you have to sit down and say grace, but like, think about it like for me like if I eat meat and it sounds lame and whatever but I think about like I'll thank the animal you know I say it in my head I don't say it out loud but like I do I do I, I'm like thank you for giving your life so I can eat you know what I mean like yeah and it really one you eat a little less you become mindful of what you're eating and it's just it's helped me maybe it won't work for everyone but just try it you know maybe maybe they were on to something when they did the praying before food yeah. Yeah. Definitely. So. Um, and try to avoid eating when you're upset too. Mm. Stress eating, emotional eating. That. Yeah. And your digestion's out of whack too. Mm. You know, you're all tense. You're not gonna digest your food correctly if you're upset. Okay. So wait till you calm down. You know, drink like warm water, teas, things that will help you calm down while you're upset. That's more important to stay, to stay hydrated, really, mm. than it is to eat. Um, in winter, for example, avoid dry, crunchy, raw foods. Um, except for things like nuts, like cashew nuts and macadamia nuts are great in the winter. Um, 
And you want to avoid out of season fruits and vegetables. Too. Okay. So seasonal. That's why it's so cool to find an actual farm near you or a market that's like your your local organic market or farm because they will grow their seasonal vegetables and that's what you will get and that's what your body needs during these certain months mm-hmm. so yeah um and then uh, something small like this eat fruit 30 minutes later than when you eat your meal so eat your meal and don't have a piece of fruit right away. And what, you have to wait 30 minutes or more if you what, want a piece of fruit. What's the science behind <clears throat> the, the sugar and stuff in it? Or Actually, what it is, and this has happened to me before. I've actually experienced this. And um, what happens, so you have dinner, right? And you have maybe a heavier meal. And then you eat an orange. That orange digests quicker than your meal. Mm. And it fights Gotcha. The fibrous fruit will digest before your meal. Mm. So it'll give you stomach cramps and just make you feel terrible. And agita. All kinds of bad stuff. Okay. All kinds of tummy troubles. So it's very important to establish a daily routine in Ayurveda. So I'm going to go over my daily routine. Okay. And there are, if you can implement even one thing. In your morning daily routine would be really helpful. And a daily routine in Ayurveda is called Dinacharya. And basically that's Sanskrit for daily routine. So it's ideal to start your daily routine between 6 a.m. and 10 a.m. in the morning. So the first thing uh, is you want to get a tongue scraper. That is so important to do. So... By using a tongue scraper first thing when you wake up, it gently scrapes away any unwanted toxins and residue. Of course, it eliminates bad breath. It draws ama. Remember what that meant? Gunk. Yep. It draws it out. It stimulates, also, it stimulates our digestive system and our organs, mm. scraping our tongue. So this is why we want to do that in the morning and only the morning. We actually don't want to do that in the evening. Okay. Because it stimulates us. Right. You don't want to kick your... Right? You don't want to do digestion at night? That's right. Is that why you also don't eat? Like eat you don't five do hours that. before? Yeah, but it, it stimulates your kidneys. It stimulates every organ. So mm. your tongue is sort of like, you know, like the bottom of your feet. How like certain points mean certain things. Yep. It, your tongue is the same thing. Gotcha. So you you start to stimulate your organs. I have a question, like because I know oil pulling is something. Should you do your oil pulling before you scrape your tongue or after? After. After. Okay. Yes. So that's next. Oil pulling. So you can get oil pulling oil, but you can just use plain coconut oil too. Mm-hmm. Um, you just have you ever oil pulled before? Yeah. I don't so, do it every day. I, I do it once in a great while. Do you want to explain what it is? I take a spoonful of coconut oil. It helps if you heat it up first or you can raw dog it and throw it in <laughs> and just start swishing it around. It'll it'll melt down eventually. But maybe if you're starting, it might help to throw it in the microwave for like 10 seconds and then just put it in your mouth and just start swishing like you would do with mouthwash and... 
just really feel it going through all your teeth and pulling all that stuff out and mm-hmm. it it sounds stupid but it really works you know yeah and build up to it you might ideal is 20 minutes and you might not get through three minutes mm-hmm. because you can start to kind of feel when you're if you're not used to it a little gaggy you can get sick from it yeah you know and it's hard to squish something in your <clears throat> mouth for 20 minutes right i can do about 10 it's weird you know you almost have to get your mind out of it when you're doing it if you're a dude and you take a morning dump do it right oh, before gosh. and then <laughs> sit down like as you sit down to take your dump Swish, swish while you're doing it, you know, because by the time you're done, if you're like me or most other guys, you're going to take about 10 minutes. Uh huh. So, public service announcement the more you know, the better you grow. So, it removes, like I said, build up to it. It supports overall oral health. Oral or, health. Or do it while you're in the shower, you know? Yeah. But don't spit it in the shower. Do not. That's the thing with. When you're oil pulling, spit it in the garbage. Never spit it down your sinks or your tub or wherever. Your drains. Don't. Because especially if it's coconut oil, it will harden when it dries. Clog it up. Yep. So Just like if you're tumbling rocks, don't, you know, dump the water. Down. Sorry. Oh, boy. So what it does, again, it's great for overall oral health, strengthens your gums, whitens your teeth. It actually helps to rebuild enamel, and it draws toxins out of the body. Again, this also eliminates bad breath, and it actually helps to alleviate TMJ symptoms, too, which is good if you suffer from TMJ. The next, so tongue scraping, Mm -hmm. number one. Number two, oil pulling. Now, or you can choose one of these. Start with tongue scraping. If you don't think you can do oil pulling, start with tongue scraping. It's powerful. And you're going to scrape your tongue gently until you remove all the disgusting gunk that comes off your tongue. And you're not going to believe it. If you've never tongue scraped before, you're going to be grossed out. And you're going to say, how the hell have I lived like this? Mm-hmm. Is there a specific tongue scraper they should get? No, just I like a nice stainless ones. steel... The only thing with copper is they turn. Yeah. They they pick. Copper is so good for you in so many ways. Get what you want. Okay. Okay? Um, but just scrape your tongue because it feels amazing too. Number three, and I can't speak more highly of this, warm water with lemon. Okay? Warm water with lemon every morning it is amazing i have actually cured my acid reflux with warm water and lemon and i added turmeric to it just the turmeric spice just a sprinkle of that in my uh water with lemon every morning and i no longer have acid reflux i mean this was years ago that i've done that i did this and just it just disappeared and it is so healing and nourishing you may even get to the point where you replace your morning coffee dare i say it i know you're all laughing at me right now go ahead and mock me but a lot of people will say i need to quit caffeine and 
I'm telling you, this might give you the energy boost. It works. So it really starts to initiate your digestion, okay? It increases your body's metabolic rate too. So it can aid in weight loss. It flushes out the liver. It detoxifies and it can also improve skin tone and complexion. So it's a wonderful way to start the day. Like I said, I can't express how much I love drinking my warm water with lemon every morning. It just sets me up for the day. So do you have any questions about the warm water with lemon? So, all right, so this can eventually replace your morning coffee. How does Ayurveda feel about coffee? Actually, kapha is recommended, if need be, to have a small black coffee, like mid-morning, for the energy boost. Okay. Because kapha tends to be more lazy. But it's not recommended for everyone? I mean, it's not highly recommended, no. I mean, especially vata, well, especially pitta, I'm sorry, because, let's face it, coffee has a lot of inflammation Mm. in it, so... What if you put turmeric and ghee in there? Well, then you have an Ayurvedic coffee. No, I mean, add them. I, I they're not saying don't drink coffee, but you know, don't go. I can't crazy. give up coffee yet. I'm sorry. You, you I, don't I have need to. my nicotine and my coffee. You don't have I, to give up coffee. Anyway, so yeah, warm water with lemon before mm-hmm. your coffee, and then yeah. So you wake up, you scrape your tongue. You do your oil pull. You drink your warm lemon water. And then, ideally, you poop. Okay, so like, why didn't you tell me that before I made the whole thing about the dump and the... Well, you jumped the gun. I jumped the gun again. All right. So don't... Okay, take that back, guys. Uh, don't... No, if you have to poop in the morning, poop. like. <laughs> so poop while you're oil pulling or don't if poop? If you have to poop... When you first wake up, you're doing something right. Okay. And if you're on a schedule, a pooping morning schedule, that's amazing. I poop every morning. Don't. Good for you. (laughs) Don't hold it. Okay. Yeah, it's disgusting. Don't ever hold your poop. Well, I mean, you got to hold it sometimes. But I'm saying if you're home and you're ready, go for that. That's the most healthy thing in Ayurveda. Another thing, regular pooping in the morning, you're on track. Slide a Biden. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Shout out to Matt from the Great Deception for sending me that one. Thanks, Matt. <laughs> anyway. So poop. Poop. Yeah. Super important. Okay. Okay. Now, this is something, the next part, that uh, guys in particular might be like, oh, really? But I'm telling you, give it a shot. Masturbate. Okay. It's called abhyanga, which means self-massage. I know what you're thinking. So how was I wrong there? Get your mind out of the gutter. Okay. There's many benefits to self-massage. You know, 
if it leads elsewhere, it leads elsewhere. Like a happy ending? I am all into self-love. So if you need to do what you need to do, you can do that. So self-massage with a happy ending. I didn't say that. <laughs> I said self-massage. And you, you took it to that place. Okay. <clears throat> so can you just explain what self-massage is? Because, yes. like, I don't think a lot of people do. I know what it is. But, like, <clears throat> where should you start? At your feet? Yep. Work your way up? You want to work your way down. Work your way down. Okay. Yeah. So, self-massage is so important in many ways. Not only, of course, self-love and all that stuff like that. So, it nourishes and hydrates the skin. Okay? Obviously. Restores the nervous system in us too so right away as we're massaging ourselves we are getting the benefits of soothing our nervous system which is huge so that which will alleviate down you know not maybe not right away but it helps to alleviate anxiety and fears and things like that should you be using an oil when you do this or oh yes this is an oil massage so i should say this first in the summer And if you are um, like pitta, high pitta, you want to use a coconut oil, which is a cooling oil. Okay. In the winter or the cooler months, overall you want to use a warming oil like sesame oil or almond oil. I prefer almond oil because... Sesame oil stinks. Yeah, well, it just smells like... smells like sesame... Smells like sesame seeds. Yeah. And, and it's, it like smells like food, like you're cooking. It smells like Chinese food. Yes. Yeah, so it, it's very good for you. Mm-hmm. But. It smells like Chinese food. I mean, it doesn't smell like Chinese food. It smells like Chinese food. It smells like sesame seeds. Yeah. It smells like sesame oil. Right. Because it is. Okay. I mean, we could just banter like this back and forth for probably the next 10 minutes. So about the Sartarians. Oh, my God. Um, So I recommend, like I said, almond oil. I love it. And you want to, if you can, warm it up. Ah, feels amazing. And just, just drizzle it down your body. Okay. Nice warm oil. Mm Mm-hmm. And then just take your hands and go at it. So start at like your head, like at your shoulders and your neck. Do you know how good it feels to just douse your whole head in warm oil? I do, but do you know how annoying it is to clean it out afterwards? Wow. <laughs> wow. I'm just saying, like... You're complaining? Look at my hair. I know, that's... How much does your hair weigh? About 10 pounds, I think. I think so, yeah. Um, but don't you don't have to do your hair every day. Uh, oh my gosh, no, not at all. Because like, you don't want to wash your... As a girl, especially, you don't want to wash your hair every day. Um, so anyway, you just start mm-hmm. and you just massage yourself. You just massage yourself, okay? Um, so again, nourishes, hydrates, restores your nervous system detoxifies the lymphatic system, aids in healthy sleep. So self-massage before going to bed at night, uh, 
It's amazing. So you should do it before you go to bed and then when you well, wake up? Well, in the morning. And if you can do it again at night, that'd be great. Okay. Or pick one or the other, whatever works for you. But if you can do it once a day. Can you massage yourself too much? Never. Okay. As long as you have oil and lubrication and you don't get shaved or raw, that's all that matters. Okay. You asked. So massage yourself. And if yes. it leads to a happy ending, it leads to a happy ending. You know, it is what it is. We're all we're all adults here. Anyway. So after you massage yourself up. Again. It also decreases effects of aging. Hmm. I'm not done with the benefits here. Oh, okay. Increases circulation. And it stimulates internal organs. So there's a lot. And you want, again, downward moving, like, Energy, downward, like, strokes. Circular downward strokes. As you're massaging. When does shower... Like, should you shower after you do this or before you do this? If you shower in the morning. You want to do this before you shower. Okay, and then wash all the oil off when you're done? Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would be very uncomfortable. Okay. Um, Now, so after this and you're oiled up, this is this can be hard to do, but it's highly recommended now to practice your yoga. When you're all greasy. Yes. Okay. Now, a lot of times people will get out of bed, do their tongue scraping. This is what I do. I'm giving you the Ayurvedic way, recommend real high recommended recommend. Recommended way. Sorry. Wow. Um, what I do is wake up, tongue scrape, oil pull, hot water, lemon, yoga. Where do you poop? Either before or after yoga. Okay. I usually poop first thing in the morning, actually. Okay. I usually wake up and have to go. Now we're giving your fans what they want to hear. Mm, isn't that exciting? Mm-hmm. Um... So, okay, so you can fit in your yoga if you do it wherever you, you see fit, you know? Um, I can't imagine doing it all greased up personally. Mm. I would be very uncomfortable. So while I have the oil on, I'm doing other things because I like it to kind of saturate into my skin for at least like 20 minutes okay. before I take my shower, you know? So, um, so if you want, then you can do your yoga while you're greased up or you can do it after or before, whatever you feel comfortable. Should you shower every day? I've heard that you shouldn't shower every day. Again, that's a, that's not really an Ayurvedic thing. It's a matter of preference, but. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, so, and yoga doesn't just mean asana, which is the postures and the poses, right? Yoga is also breath work and meditation. That all forms into yoga. It's not just what you think of as yoga, like downward dog. Mm-hmm. So um, then you want to shower, and then after you shower, breakfast, and you're good to go. And it's highly recommended to eat fresh, whole foods that are cooked and spiced accordingly to your dosha. 
Okay. So, like, what's an ideal breakfast for, like, someone that's... What do I have? Vata. I got a lot of vata. And some pitta. Like, ideal is always... You can't go wrong with oatmeal. Cooked oatmeal. Okay. With spices. You know, warming spices. Cinnamon. Nutmeg. Okay. Little maple syrup and honey. Something like that. A lot of people also like to eat a stewed apple in the morning, too. Mm. But that can get a little tedious sometimes, getting mm-hmm. that. This is why you have to wake up at 4 a.m., folks, because you got to do 13 hours of That's prep work. That's not true. You choose what works for you. I know. I'm giving you... I don't do all of this every day. Right. If I can, I will. But right. I, I can't do all of this every day. Okay. But, um, and then it's highly recommended after you have your breakfast to have tea. To keep that fire, that mm. digestive fire going. Okay. So when you're ready for lunch, you've got the digestion going. Gotcha. You don't want a lazy digestive system. Mm-hmm. So. Cool. But if you're going to do any part of yoga, I would do the meditation. Because okay. I think meditation is the best. Do you want to know about some benefits of meditation? I do. Let's jump more into meditation because I can't do it like a normal person does. And I can't sit still. I can't, like, I meditate like laying down or sitting in a chair. Like, I can't sit on the ground for too long and meditate. Yeah. Right. You're mm-hmm. vata. And okay. you need it. Okay. So work up to it. Three minutes. Okay. Five minutes. Ten minutes. If that's all you can do, that's all you can do. You got to work up to it. But mm-hmm. it's very important for you to try. Okay. Um, I'll actually make you a recording, if you want, of a guided meditation that might help you. Okay. So, I mean, benefits of meditation are amazing. So, obviously, we all have heard meditation reduces stress and anxiety. It diminishes depression. It gives you a more positive outlook on life. It minimizes inflammation in our bodies. It builds a stronger connection to self, too. It creates more self-awareness. It improves memory and focus. It creates better mental discipline. So as you meditate, you will get into more of habits, healthy habits. For instance, you won't want to miss a day of meditation after you realize how many benefits you're getting from meditation. Stuff like that. Um, It reduces the pain. Any pain you have in your body can be wonderful in reducing pain. Um, It improves your sleep patterns and it reduces high blood pressure as well. Mm. Okay, so anything else on meditation, Pepper? I just think it's very important to try to do. Okay. And the benefits are... Really outstanding. Yeah. So I've heard. And I'm working on it. I know. I'm working on it. You'll get there. I'll get there. So three. So start with three minutes? Yeah. Okay. Sitting still for three minutes? Yes. Okay. 
Where does one find this th- magical three-minute time? When you first roll out of bed in the morning. Okay, so when I have a four-year-old punching me in the face and yeah. two dogs sure. attacking me. I guess. Just sit down on the ground and... Meditate around them. Okay. I'll try it. I'll <laughs> see how that goes. No, people, that is not recommended. It's a joke. So, Pepper, we covered, like, the basis of, it's kind of like a one-on-one, you know, what people can do to kind of start right now uh, after people get their test, like, they do the test and kind of figure out what their doshas are, but I'm curious to and see what your your thoughts about this are, too, is, like, the spiritual aspect behind Ayurveda, like, is it connected to a specific religion, uh, is it you know, is it connected to, like, do you have to, for me, the medical industry, the modern day medicine has no spirituality attached to it. You know, um, doctors are very blunt and straightforward. You know, they're kind of taught to not really treat people like human beings. It's more just, this is you're dying, you know, and there's no emotion behind it or anything like that. But with more like holistic health and, you know, stuff like Ayurveda, it, it it just seems like there is a spiritual aspect behind it. And I want to get your opinion on that and what you think. <clears throat> yeah, absolutely. Well, it is. So, <clears throat> excuse me, when you practice yoga, meditation, and Ayurveda, you know, the three are heavily linked. Um, yoga is rooted in Hinduism. Mm-hmm. And so is Ayurveda. So, Ayurveda is not a religion, but it has, it's rooted in Hinduism. And, um, but what Ayurveda teaches is the mind, body, and spirit are all connected. Mm -hmm. Your mind, body, and soul are all one. So it teaches us to turn within, which of course makes it a spiritual practice as well. Right. And it's so interesting because like even Christianity, people will say like, you know, it's you got to look to God, but when you really think about it, they're teaching the Father, uh, Son, and the Holy Ghost. Like that is the same thing as mind, body, and spirit. In my, mm-hmm. you know, your body is a temple. There's so many similarities, and I believe there's similarities with all religions and whatnot. But it's very interesting, like the turning into it. Whereas, like modern day medicine makes you look for a savior. You know, you want to look for that pill, or you got to find this doctor that's going to cure you, but so many times people end up curing themselves, even with like a placebo and stuff. So, yeah, it's just fascinating to me. So how, how have you implemented this in your life? <clears throat> well, like I was saying, before I took on yoga teacher training, I didn't even know Ayurveda existed, you know. And then once I took it, once I started taking the training and they started telling us about Ayurveda and it was just something that I just completely fell in love with the whole modality of it, the whole, all the teachings, it just all made sense. And it made my yoga practice make sense. It connected me with my self, my higher self even more, you know, it made me feel like, wait a minute, I I can turn within and help heal myself 
of course there's instances when we need modern medicine and you know you, you can't use ayurveda to cure a broken leg but there's ways to use ayurveda to implement it in your everyday health to keep you a healthy balanced person and spirituality is one of those things that come hand in hand with it just like if anything else is out of balance we're not going to feel good ayurveda strongly believes that if you're not in balance spiritually too you're not balanced as a whole person yeah that makes sense to me because like you can be in the best shape of your life but if you're stuck in those negative low vibrations like you're not going to be happy you're not like you could be healthy but you're not going to be like the best you can be you're you're not going to be mentally strong i don't know it's just it's fascinating to me um what what have you noticed though in your personal life that's different since practicing this stuff and like you practice every day like is this a lifelong thing yes it's a lifelong thing because it turns into a habit mm-hmm. so it's kind of neat to think about because you want to break those bad habits so one of the things what i was struggling with when i first started Ayurveda and my yoga practice years and years ago was I'm a huge well I was but I still struggle with it to this day sugar addict so I would eat just candy constantly and one of the biggest things like I would go home at night lay on the couch after dinner and have ice cream and things like that. And I knew that that wasn't good for me. And I would have ice cream mostly because of my dosha, which is out of balance, which is kapha dosha. And so it's just funny to realize that now. So I would crave ice cream all the time and sweet stuff and um but that is one of the things I gave up. So we had to actually give something up that we felt was hindering our health and that was one of the things I gave up and we we could start small and do I still enjoy ice cream? Absolutely. I freaking love ice cream. Like I'm not going to give it up completely, but I don't have to have ice cream every night, you know. Mm-hmm. Um but I also balance that out with all the other things that I do. So, yes. all of these ayurvedic practices became second nature to me. I can't imagine waking up in the morning and not scraping my tongue. I can't imagine waking up in the morning and not having my warm lemon water. Um I actually I don't know if I talked about this in the beginning, but I did cure my acid reflux. Yeah, I don't know if we mentioned it yet on on record. You you told me about it, yeah. but like let's just go into it, you know. I ever since I was a child I had terrible acid reflux. And as an adult, it just was persistent. I was on Zantac eventually and it did help, but I could not go to bed at night without having my Zantac. And come to find out that is one of the worst medicines mm-hmm. you can take. So after diving into my Ayurveda practice, I and started drinking my lemon water. I actually decided to add some turmeric 
just regular turmeric um, to my lemon water in the morning. And I would just sprinkle that in, mix it around because it's so good for, you know, uh, inflammation and stuff like that. So it was just something extra that I did. I would say within three months of drinking this religiously every morning, uh, suddenly I just, it was gone. Like I never suffered with heartburn or acid reflux again. It, it honestly was amazing because I was going to have to the next year get an endoscopy done. I had, you know, I was going to the gastro um, doctor all the time. I was miserable and I was not looking forward to having this endoscopy yeah, procedure. Can't imagine that'd be fun. I was really worried about it. I ended up curing it and I haven't gone back to the gastro doctor. I haven't had any issues. Um, so it's, it's pretty cool. That's that, amazing. Yeah. And, uh, one last thing we've mentioned it in other episodes. I don't know if we've actually broken it down to what it is, what it does and how you make it, but you keep telling me about this golden milk mm. and you've made it for me. It's good. It's warming. Yeah. What's in it? Really what is good. it? And what, what, you know, so golden milk. So in the beginning of our show today, we talked about ghee mm-hmm. and clarified butter and how that's sort of looked at as like the home base of healing in Ayurveda. So when you make golden milk, it's the most comforting, nourishing drink. And it has actually replaced any sort of candy or helped my sweet tooth that night, especially. So what it is, is there's a couple little spins on it, but this is how I make my golden milk. And it sort of has become also a little bit of a spiritual practice for me because of the way I make it. Just like my morning water, you you know, you want to boil your clean, fresh, distilled water in the morning. You boil your water for the day, correct? Yes. Like, right. Yeah, I do. Mm-hmm. Because um, you were telling me that. So, like, so you're not drinking bottled water all day. Like, you're supposed to boil, what, like a gallon of water, and then you drink that throughout the day. Yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Very cool. So, back to golden milk. So, back to golden milk. Um, all right, so... You can, if you can't drink cow milk, you know, just non-dairy milk is fine. Uh, Coconut milk, almond milk. Um, I drink whole cow milk. I just really like it. I don't have any dairy issues. A lot of people do. And it might cause extra inflammation for some people. But for me, it doesn't. So I take a little pot and I put my milk in the pot, I would say about a cup, a cup and a half. And then I will add to that milk, uh, turmeric, which is just ground again, turmeric, same bottle that I use in the morning with my lemon water. Um, you know, there is a certain amount that you can use, but right now at this point, I sort of eyeball it, but I would probably say like a half a teaspoon if I can kind of, uh, recall the measurements. But right now I just sort of eyeball it. I sprinkle in some turmeric cinnamon, nutmeg, 
cardamom. Um, and then I let that just sort of simmer. I never bring it to a boil, but I let that just kind of get simmer and you'll see it sort of just start to steam a little bit. That's when it's ready. Um, but before you want to pour that out into your mug, you want to add your ghee. So I know that might sound weird because I'm adding clarified butter to a drink, but it's actually so healing for you. And with the other ingredients, it's just, it's sort of just like, um, such a nourishing thing to do. So if you don't have ghee, use coconut oil. Okay. You can replace it with that. Um, and so a lot of people do like that. Some, some of our coconut oils are actually, actually very flavorful coconut. And some people really like that flavor. Some people don't. And if you add the ghee, don't worry. It doesn't taste like you're adding, like you're drinking liquid butter or anything like that when you have it all together. I mean, you've had it. Yeah. It's I put really it in my delicious. coffee every morning. It's yeah. Ghee um, and turmeric. Yeah. Black pepper. Yeah. Black pepper is really good too. really spice it up. And that's the other thing you can do. You can add a little cayenne pepper to your golden milk if you want. Um, That supposedly activates the turmeric. I'm still kind of on the fence about that, but I hear that pepper does activate turmeric. That's always what I've heard. I don't know how true it is, but I like the added spice in the morning to it. So It's very good. So if you feel like doing it at night <clears throat> or whenever you want to have your golden milk, go ahead and add a little bit of either black pepper or cayenne pepper if you like. If not, just leave it out. So when you pour it in your mug, after you pour it in your mug, then you want to add some honey to that. And again, preferably raw local honey. Mm-hmm. Um, and just add it to your taste. Don't go overboard, but add it to your liking. And uh, never heat your honey. That's very important because heating honey actually is said to be to- it can be toxic to us. Mm. So you want to add your honey after you have heated whatever you're drinking or mm-hmm. something like that. So say like in the morning if you add honey to your tea and then you want to rewarm that up, don't ever do that. I Just remake it if you really need the honey in your tea. So... That's what you do. Mix that up and enjoy it. And it's so delicious, I promise you. I'm going to be making some later tonight. So, Pepper. This is Ayurvedic 101. 101. We we went pretty deep. Um, Definitely have you back on for a part two. Go a little deeper. Deeper down the rabbit hole of Ayurveda. But for now, tell these kind people where they can find you. Oh, sure. If they want to reach out to you, if, what can they do? Absolutely. You can find me on Instagram at Peppers a Peach, Pepper, P-E-P-P-E-R-S underscore A underscore Peach. <laughs> Every time I do this, Nico just rolls his eyes at me. I don't know why you have to spell it because, out. Just say Peppers a Peach, no, Peppers underscore. I can't because the Peppers, okay? You don't know how many people call me Peppers. It's Pepper. <laughs> My name is Pepper, but it's cute. Like, I don't care if you call me Peppers, but... You just so can't there, put an apostrophe on... Yeah, you can't do that. So, Instagram. I just want to make sure you hear the S. Peppers a peach. Okay? So many people call me Upstate now. It's, it's ridiculous. Oh, yeah, I bet. It's like, that's not my name. Anyway. Yeah. The, so, king, the king of Upstate over here, everyone. <laughs> king of the Catskills. <laughs> Sorry, that's an inside joke, folks. Oh, anyway. Right. Um, I think we should 
Actually, can we end the closing credits with maybe... No. Oh. No, we're not doing that. Okay. All right, so here's... Because people are going to ask. We'll talk about that next time for sure. My father... He's an amazing drummer and has been his whole life. However, as part of his, you know, decade-long midlife crisis, he needed to (laughs) start a band where he was the lead singer and also the drummer. And And, the king of the cat skills. And one of his songs was king of the cat skills. And Pepper never, you know, it just always has to bring that up anytime. It's so good. It's It's, so good. It's something else. Anyway, folks, Pepper. You'll all get a CD um, if you... You won't. <laughs> you won't get a CD. And a t-shirt. I do have some. I, I have one t-shirt. I, I will. No. You had to bring that up. Sorry. And you brought it up. You said yeah. King of the Catskills. You had to bring it up. All right. So okay. Pepper, they can find you on Instagram at Peppers yes. a Peach. Peppers underscore A underscore Peach. Yeah. Pepper, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you so much. It was delightful as usual. Mm-hmm. A little more serious this time. A little bit more serious, guys, but that's okay. But we can do the banter now that everyone loves. Right. (laughs) Next time. Forget it. All right. It'll be half Ayurveda going a little deep and then... Half red-pilling the redhead. Yes. All right. Thank you, folks, for listening. Pepper, thank you. Thank you. See you next time. Sounds good. All right, that's the show, folks. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did enjoy it, do me a huge favor and uh, leave me a nice review on uh, Apple Podcasts. You know, follow me on Instagram at upstate underscore unconventional. Send me a message. You know, share the show. That's how you get these uh, small shows like mine to grow and reach more people is share them with your friends. If you found anything in this, you know, useful or educational or entertaining, you know, share it with someone and uh, go ahead and leave a five-star review. You know, I don't want to sound like I'm pandering, but this really is the best way to, you know, get these shows to grow and uh, get more exposure to larger audiences and larger audiences mean I can get more and more guests on. So thank you for listening. I really do appreciate it. So have a wonderful day and I'll see you on the next episode.